Howdy. Welcome, yes, yes, welcome, welcome, welcome to Grace College, and uh, we have an exciting morning for you this morning, um, and it's going to be a little bit different because Victoria and I are going to actually be tag teaming. Yeah, get excited, that's what I like to hear. We are tag teaming this morning, and oh my gosh, this is... Kevin, you should have me up here more often. Clearly, and... Uh, so it's going to be really exciting because we are talking about the Proverbs woman this morning. All right, that got less whoops. All right. And it will be exciting. Proverbs 31, if you have a Bible, be flipping over there. We're going to be looking at kind of three major sections of Proverbs to look at uh, women, uh, the Proverbs woman. So I'm going to start with uh, Proverbs 31, read verses 1 and 2, or sorry, verses 10 and 11, and then pray for us and we'll jump in. Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10, says this. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you um, that you created woman. Uh, When you looked at Adam, you said it is not good for him to be alone, and so you brought him a woman, uh, one that would be um, not just a help to get stuff done, but actually uh, one that stands alongside, that is strong, that is capable, um, that can help carry uh, great burdens alongside men. And so Lord, I I pray that as we open up your word and we look at uh, types of, of women, that you would give us humility as we look at the different types of women, that you would give us a hope as we look at different types of women. And and Lord, I know that there are many um, of us here that have um, not lived up to the ideals that you've called us to live. And so Lord, I pray that there would be grace here, Um, whether it's men who have not uh, treated women well uh, or women who have not lived uh, life fully honoring to you. I pray that there would be grace, um, forgiveness through the cross. So Lord, I pray as we open up your word and we look at this very important subject that you would help us uh, to have humility and openness. So near me pray. Amen. Well, as as always, uh, we have a YouVersion app that's part of this, so you can go deeper into the content um, on this. So I encourage you to to download that app on YouVersion. Just type in the best and you can find it and journey along with us. But we're going to talk about the best woman, the best women. And it's challenging even early in life to know what, what type of woman should you be. And from a guy's side, what type of woman should I look for? It is very challenging. Uh, in fact, my son, who's in second grade, has already experienced this struggle. <laughs> because there's a, a couple girls uh, that are working their way towards him, which is very funny. And so while he's playing soccer with his buddies out during recess, these two girls are hiding behind trees, watching them and giggling. And at one point, it just got out of control, and so he was standing, I guess, talking, and I don't know the exact circumstances, but as he uh, recounts the story, a couple of this girl's friends were holding his arms back while one was moving forward for the kiss, and he goes, uh, I gotta go, you know, and, and, and escaped, and, and, uh, and I'll just tell you this, relationships can be challenging, you're like, Kevin, that would make it easier uh, for me. Yeah. Um, But it's challenging. Relationships are challenging. And in our culture, there's a lot of mixed messages out there. I was reading one article um, written by a a woman um, from the Huffington Post. 
And she writes this. This is fascinating. She said, in 1999, so just back when you were, before you were born, so fair enough, just back then, in 1999, when Destiny's Child released their track, Independent Woman, I was thrilled, elated, really. Chills covered my body as I affirmed, I depend on me. Always 50-50 in a relationship. The clothes I'm wearing, I bought. The rock I'm wearing, like I'm rocking, I bought it, right? Except now, it's 15 years later. And we've all learned quite a bit about this independent woman thing. It turns out that doing everything for oneself combined with our natural tendencies as women to be caretakers of others is totally exhausting and unnecessary. Many of us have realized that there has to be a better way. But because life is far richer with love, help and support and the help and support of others. The question is, how what is a woman supposed to be? Is she supposed to just be independent, or is there something more? Yeah, I actually experienced this in high school. I feel like that was the first time that I was excited um, because I got to hang out with older kids. And I was like, man, as a 13-year-old, you go into freshman year. And I feel like as a woman, you're like, man, makeup, new clothes. But my mom um, had different ideas of what my high school experience would look like. She actually told me as a freshman that I would not be allowed to wear makeup until I was 16. And going into freshman year thinking, man, I have to wait like three or four years to be able to like look pretty and maybe get a boyfriend was pretty like detrimental. But she is so passionate because she is probably the most hardworking woman I know. And she was all about Victoria. It is the brain that matters. Brain versus beauty. It's going to be that your brain and education that's going to get you far in life. So she was like, you're going to work hard. You're going to be smart. You're going to be in AP classes. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to do this. But then I went to high school and I was like, but wait, I want friends and I want to be popular and I also want to get a boyfriend because that's what high school I felt like was about. Did not happen. And I'm like, okay, what? Yeah, it didn't happen. Still didn't happen. Still 26 and single. And I'm like, okay, what do, what do I do? And going into college, I felt even more of these two competing voices that society can tell me. Freshman year, I was like, okay, I want to be a doctor. I need to get that six-figure salary. I want to be an independent, strong woman, and I just want to get a career and need no man. But then also, I'm like, but I also want to be beautiful, and I have emotions. I'm a woman, and the Lord has emotions, but I don't want to be overly emotional. I want to be independent, but not too independent, because then like men need to be like they want to feel like they're needed. And then I was like, but I also want to be married one day. So going into college, I was like, okay, what do I still do? And I actually did not grow up in a Christian household. Uh, I actually became a believer at the end of my freshman year. And this was the first time that the third voice popped into my head. And it was the Lord telling me who to be and what kind of woman to be. But a lot easier said than done, even when he speaks really clearly. And so today we're going to be looking at scripture and we're going to be looking at, man, what does the Lord tell us to be like? Women, women, what does he tell us to be like? And we're going to look at behaviors to avoid because society is still competing and giving us two different voices. And how do we navigate this? So we're going to talk about an ideal woman later on, and we all experience failures, though. So we need to, one, know, like, we're going to talk about bad behaviors and good behaviors, and all of us in life have failed, but we have Jesus. If you're a believer in this room, we have Jesus, and even if you're not a believer, he, has also, he wants to redeem you. 
And because of this, we now can pursue him. And if we pursue the Lord, we will be able to resemble his character. And that's really what we want to be, more Christ-like. And so we're going to be talking about the first type of woman. And, you know, it's a beautiful word, seductive. (laughs) Yeah. Seductive type of woman. So just just (laughs) as like a precursor to all three, we're going to look at three types of women. Last week, we looked at three types of men. Um, And and men, if you were here, uh, we... Uh, maybe expose some realities of your life. Um, we looked at the naive man, we looked at the fool, and we looked at the wise man. And in a similar gamut, we're going to look at three types of women from Proverbs. The seductive, destructive, and productive woman. The seductive, destructive, and productive. They rhyme so they're easier to remember. Yeah. Praise <laughs> God. Um, Thanks, Kevin, for coming up with those three creative rhyming words. Inspiration, people. Inspiration. <laughs> So the first one we're going to look at is the seductive woman. I want to give you guys a definition. Um, Seductive. The seductive woman does this. She uses her words and actions to tempt another to sin. That's the seductive woman that we're going to look at. And we're going to look at the description of this woman. And there is no better place to see what this woman does than Proverbs Proverbs chapter 7. So if you can flip into your Bible over to uh, Proverbs chapter 7, that would be extremely, extremely helpful. And we see this seductive woman in action. And here's what's fascinating about that word seductive. It means to lure, to entice. Some other phrases are this, to be hunted, to be driven towards. So this woman that we're going to see is a woman on the prowl. That's what we're going to see. Here's what it says, Proverbs chapter 7, verses 6 through 8. And just remember, this is the Bible, people. All right, here we go. (laughs) For at the window of my house, this is Solomon speaking, I have looked out through my lattice and I have seen among the simple. We talked about that guy last week. I have perceived among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night, in darkness. He we see a young man venturing into disaster. And you look at this situation. It is dark. No one sees. And we're going to watch what ends up happening to this woman. And it is absolutely incredible. You're doing aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what's fascinating about this particular moment. What we're going to see in this description are some characteristics that this woman does. And this was written around 950 BCE. Around 950 BCE. So over 1,000, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago? 3,000 years ago. This is a long time ago. Yet, what you're going to see about this woman is that her characteristics, her actions are very common, if not affirmed, for the actions of women today. Every detail, and I'll describe it this way, every detail that she does in this moment um, doesn't necessarily apply to you, but the overall picture of this woman, for some of you women, is that is what society has asked you to be. That is the persona society has asked you to adopt. And what's interesting is we can think, oh, man, that's a 2020 version of a woman. But actually, no, it's a 950 BCE version of a woman. Um, The same sins have played out for a long time in life. Victoria, give us some 
Yeah, so the first thing we see is that she is aggressive. In in chapter 7, verse 13, it says she seizes him and kisses him. And with a bold face, she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices. And today I have paid my vows. So now I come to meet you. I have spread my couch with coverings and covered linens from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon. Come, let us take Our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. She is aggressive. She has put herself out there. I mean, it says she seizes him and kisses him. I haven't done that in a really long time. She puts herself out there. She lures him in with her words. She is the initiator. She is the initiator. She has a game to play And has a plan to make an irresistible environment. She knew what she wanted. And she knew what she was going to have to do to get it. Her motivations were completely selfish. As the modern woman, how are we using our words and actions? We see both words and actions in just these five verses. The seductive woman in Proverbs 7 puts out myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon... On her bed. I don't even own most of those things in my kitchen cupboard, but I can relate to her because there have been times that I have used my words for selfish gain, that I have done things to feel loved and wanted, but how am I seeking it? Women, we all have desires and motives. We all want to feel loved, we all want to have attention, we all want to feel satisfied, but how are we doing it? Do you flirt with a man that you want to know is actually not good for you? Do you flirt with your really good guy friend because you know he'll give you that attention? Do you put on cute clothing and maybe something a little bit too tight or revealing just to make his head turn and to make just anyone's head turn? Do you post something on social media that's revealing just to get that extra like? She is aggressive, and as women, we can maybe relate to her on that standpoint. Not with the myrrh and the aloes and the cinnamon on the bed, but we can relate to her if we have selfish motives and we are willing to do anything to do it. The next thing is she is available. It says in verse 19 and 20, For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him at full moon, and he will come home. She is a married woman. So let's like, just be very clear. She is a married woman and she has made herself available as married women. And as she, well, we're not married. A lot of us aren't married, but table leaders, y'all are married. As women, we're supposed to be committed to one man. If we get married, she has signed up to love only her and her husband, but she believes that there are no consequences out of sight and out of mind. But that is never the case. At the end of the chapter, when we get to it, we will see that there are consequences to this lifestyle. But why is she choosing to do this now? There are temptations. She is tempted. And the temptation is she wants to feel loved and wanted. She wants to get attention. Just like Kevin said, this was written around 950 B.C., Yes, BC. Mm -hmm. And now we are in 2020. And why is this still a temptation? Because we want to feel loved. In verse 18, it says, she is yearning for love. 
That's what she's yearning for. But what she doesn't realize is this is a distorted view of love. It's not love. It is lust. She is seeking satisfaction, and she thinks she knows where to find it in this other man. But there's only one place that she will feel real, unconditional, biblical love, and that comes from the Lord. If we women build this pattern in our life, just like she has built this as a pattern, you're not going to get the person you really want. She doesn't really want this man. And you're also, we're not going to be the people that we want to be as women. Yes, we might feel desired in that moment. She probably felt desired in that moment. But at the end of the day, that desire is going to fade and it's not long lasting. Once you lure a man like this with your words and being seductive and making a game, a game plan and doing anything you want to make it happen, you're going to have to keep doing it. The way you capture him is the way you're going to have to keep him. And that sounds like a very exhausting cycle that does not get you where you really want to be, which is to feel loved by the Lord. But this is also a temptation for men. It is. And, and just kind of chiming in with Victoria, as we were talking about um, this particular woman and some of the challenges, we were saying uh, the, the bait that you set the hook with is the bait you have to keep setting as a woman. And, and it's, it's challenging. And, and from a guy's perspective, let me just tell you this. This woman isn't real. <laughs> She's not real. She's not really like this all the time. She is playing a role for you. She is playing the role as the aggressive seductress. She's not like that all the time. Victoria and I were talking about this. She goes, yeah, as a woman, you wake up in the morning and you don't be like, I feel seductive. You know, like it doesn't happen. (laughs) It's a role and it is a show and it is not real. So here's what you're saying. What you're attracted to, what's drawing you in is a facade. It's fake. It's a mask. And it is not really her. She is playing a game to try to hook you. The second reality of this is, uh, second deep reality, um, not only is she just playing a role and she's not, it's not really her. Um, secondly, and this is, this is the harder part for men, is that she is going to eventually turn this on someone else. She may be using this to get you, but like this woman in this Proverbs, don't be, don't be fooled into thinking that when she's done with you, she won't turn that same energy toward someone else it is a facade and that same facade will be played on someone else she's playing a game and you're a pawn in that game and for men it is extremely alluring to have this aggressive woman come at you that requires no effort on your part but it is a fake game that will leave you hurt so why is this a problem we obviously it's a temptation but it is a problem and in verse 22 through 27 we will see that it says all at once He follows her as an ox to a slaughter or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces his liver, down here, I guess, (laughs) as a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, oh sons, listen to me, because this is a a dad telling this, oh now sons, listen to me and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her path, for many a victim has she laid low, and all her slain are mighty and throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. 
This man is not the only victim. There were many before him, and this is going to be many after him, because she has built a house for herself. This is a pattern for her life. And so this this is a pattern of her life. And it says it's going to cost him his life. And for her, it's to the chambers of death. What does death mean? Death doesn't mean that she's going to drop dead in that moment and that he's going to drop dead in that moment because they're going to continue living. It means that there will be a separation because of her actions in this lifestyle. And because he fell into that temptation, there is now going to be a separation between her and the Lord her and her husband, because he, she just cheated on him. And now there's going to be this broken trust, a broken relationship. And to those around her. Because again, this pattern is seductive towards him, but it also bleeds into many different areas of her life. And so this death that she has built is also costing him his life. And he also is going to have a separation between him and the Lord. Him and her, his friends, and whoever he would love to pursue one day. Because this is going to just be a cycle and a problem. Yeah. So both men and women are responsible and have consequences. Yeah, and, and that's true. Both, both men and women are responsible in this scenario. Um, it wasn't just the woman's fault. In fact, at the beginning of the passage, this, this young man willingly went into this scenario. So he willingly, naively went into the scenario. So I'll just say this. Um, this scenario is not new. In fact, it plays out nearly every weekend at Northgate, right? Like this, this is so common and overplayed, it's unreal. Too close to home? I'm sorry, was that too close? Um, I mean, it plays out all the time. And we've played the roles. We've played the roles. We're all responsible. But there is hope. There is hope. Okay, we're going we're gonna to look at that in a little bit. Second type of woman we're going to look at is this, the destructive woman. The destructive woman. The definition for this woman is this, that the woman who creates chaos in her own wake. The destructive woman creates chaos in her own wake. And what do we mean by that? We mean this, that she destroys those closest to her. Proverbs 14.1 summarizes it the best. This is the catch-all for this type of woman. It says this, the wise woman builds her house. But the foolish tears it down with her own hands. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Bruce Waltke, a commentator, theologian, writes it this way. Her arrogance, incorrigibility, poor speech, hot temper, and lack of self-control bleeds into every relationship. It's those, those qualities that cause her to destroy all the relationships around her. And this is the girl, this is the woman who's the drama queen. Life is never normal. You ask her, hey, how are things going? She's like, you really want to know? You know? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. And there's just drama everywhere. Like this person did this and this person. And so she's like, she's like tearing people down. She's creating drama around her. In fact, what's normal is chaos for her. There's always chaos. There's always relationships that are in turmoil. There's always people that are in turmoil. There's always drama around this person all the time. The wise woman builds her house. We're going to look at that wise woman. But the foolish one tears it down with her own hands. She creates chaos in the lives of those around her and her own life. And she does it in two, with two particular, um, two particular uh, I don't know, strategies, if you can even define them that way. The first is this. is with her words. 
She tears down people with her words. Proverbs 21.9, it is better to live in a corner of a roof than in a house shared with a contentious woman. That word contentious, that means fighter. That means someone who constantly is looking to fight. Good morning, good morning. Let's get this on, right? Like that's, that's what's happening. And so Solomon is warning his son. He's saying, look, it is better to live on the top of a roof dealing with all of the rain and sleet and snow and crud out there than inside with this woman who is constantly picking a fight. Men, if she creates drama and you see her constantly creating drama, there's only one bit of advice that Proverbs has for you. Run. Run like the wind. Run. Second thing she uses is her emotions. Her words and her emotions. Proverbs 27, 15 says it this way. A constant dripping on a day of steady rain and a contentious woman are alike. He who would restrain her restrains the wind and grasps oil in his right hand. What, he said, what he's saying is this, is that if you're trying to, like, to console this person who is this way personally, where she creates chaos, if you're trying to control her, he's like, it's like trying to control the wind. There's nothing that you can say that will stop her. There's nothing that you can do that will console her. If th- once this fire's put out, she will go put out, go create another fire. And you're constantly like grasping after the wind. Why won't she ever be happy? He's like, because there's, it's impossible to ever make her happy. Restraining her, calming her down is literally like trying to control the wind or grasping at oil. It's just going to slip right out of your hand. It's impossible. Her words, her emotions, manipulating. So why is this a temptation? The description was it destroys those closest to her. So this type of woman is destroying those closest to her. So why do it? And it's because this can get you what you want in the short run, in the short run, and it can help you control the situation or the outcome. As I was thinking and prepping for this, I was like, man, what is the type of woman that is destructive? Unfortunately, a lot of people came to mind. And but I was thinking, okay, one, one that comes to mind is the movie Mean Girls. And so I don't know if any of you have seen Mean Girls, men and women. It came out quite, came out quite a while ago. But there's this famous character, and her name is Regina George. And let me tell you, back then she is known because she is beautiful, she is popular, she is rich. Her life seems pretty easy, but she's also extremely critical of people. She's a liar, she provokes arguments, and she is mean. In this movie, she has a big group of friends, though. So it's like she's popular, a lot of people aspire to even be her. But at the end of the movie, her relationships, her best friends, leave her. And so it's like, okay, this woman seems pretty great, but she also has this whole other type of personality that is just mean. And this temptation is, well, she wanted to control a lot of the situations, and she wanted to control the outcome. And there's two results. There's a problem with this. So if you're a destructive woman, what does it create? If you're Regina George, what happened? One, like Kevin mentioned earlier in Proverbs, it said, okay, hey, men, it's better to live on the corner of a housetop 
than to be near this woman. Okay, that's not a tiny home with all the amenities. The corner of a housetop is really, really small. I'm small, and that's that's like a little too small. But it's like stray away from her. It's better to not be near her. So the first problem is it produces people who don't want to be near you. They'd rather not mess with that. They'd rather stray away. The second problem is it produces compliance and not a loving commitment. Regina George had a lot of compliance. She had a lot of friends, a lot of best friends, but they really weren't true friendships. In the end, people would have rather obey her than engage with her because she was known of having harsh words, raising her voice, and being mean. So they'd rather just obey than engage. They'd rather comply than have a real, loving relationship. And that is the problem. This destructive woman produces not long, loving, and satisfying relationships. People would rather be away from you, or they'd rather just obey and just listen, because it's better just to obey than to mess with that kind of woman. Which brings us to our final woman, which is the productive woman, Ha'il. Proverbs 31 woman. And here we are at the end of the road. So what we looked at what not to be. But ladies, what should you be? And men, what type of woman should you look for? And let me just say, as we talk about this woman, um, and, and Victoria and I as we're, were talking about this, we, we said, the challenge is this can be, feel like an overwhelming, unreal expectation. And, uh, and let me just say, this woman is not built in a day. She's built over a lifetime. Um, Proverbs 31 woman. She is called a Hail woman, an excellent wife, an excellent wife who can find. And I'll define her as this. She's a woman of God with strength of mind, character, emotions, and love. She's a strong woman. Hail uh, in Hebrew, this is phenomenal. It describes a, a person of war. In fact, most, most um, commentators, as they're studying this Hail woman, they believe it's like recounting the victories of war. So you're looking at, as one, um, one woman writes, Erica Moore writes, the wife is a heroic figure used by God to do good for his people, just as the ancient judges and kings did for God's people. It's literally written like a, an epic poem of someone with great conquests only applied to a woman. It's really the domestic warrior. So ladies, you are a warrior woman. Okay, You can be a warrior woman, a woman who's strong and courageous. And here's what's fascinating. No ancient culture described women in this way. Oftentimes when you read the Bible, you assume it's only reflecting the values of the culture they were in. Actually not. It is countercultural. Ancient Near East culture never described women in this way. Greek culture never described women in this way. You're going to see a strong woman who is countercultural in her day, and I'll tell you what, she is countercultural today. You're going to see a beautiful combination of of love and care and strength. It is actually a beautiful picture of a heroic woman. So what makes this woman different? We're actually going to start at the end of Proverbs 31 because we feel like that is what really shows of how this woman is totally different than any other type of woman. It's because she fears the Lord. In verse 28, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellency, but you surpass them all. 
Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised and give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. It says kind of what we even talked about earlier, that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. Being seductive and being destructive is not going to get you what you want. But this woman is different because she fears the Lord. She is known for who she fears. Now, fear of the Lord does not mean that she's scared of God. It doesn't mean that she's like getting under a desk and not wanting to approach him. It means that she has a proper view of who God is. She's not scared of him. Her proper view of God is, is because she knows who he is and what he's done for her. And because she has this proper view of God, she's able to love, honor, and respect him. And this is what makes her different. She's able to do what many aren't able to do because she fears the Lord and the Lord is her fuel, is her sustainer, her provider, so that she can do that for her husband, her children, and those around her. She is a hard worker. So let me just say, she exhausts me. We're actually going to look at verse 12. Um, You can follow along. I'm about to just list off a bunch of action words. And it's because she fears the Lord that she's able to do any of these things. Starting in verse 12, I'm just going to list them off. She does. She seeks. She rises while it is yet still night. She provides. She considers. She dresses. She perceives. She puts. She opens her hands to the poor. She reaches out to the needy. She makes her bed. She makes linens. She opens her mouth. She looks. This woman is a woman of action. She is working hard. And again, just reading this exhausts me because it says she rises while it is still night to provide food for her household. I do not do that. It sounds exhausting. But she is able to work hard because she loves the Lord. She loves him, honors, and respects him. And because of this, she's able to love her family and those around her. She is a hard worker, and she's strong. She's strong. And, and I, I love that, that, that word because you see it repeated over and over again in this Proverbs 31. She is a strong woman. She is not passive. She is not waiting for things to happen. She's a strong woman in every sense of the word. In fact, our culture would value this type of woman today. It says she's mentally strong, she's emotionally strong, she's physically strong, and spiritually she's a very strong woman. It says this in verse 6, she considers a field and buys it, and with the fruit of her hands plants a vineyard. Let's think about that. She's a businesswoman. She's like, that field will make some money, and I will sell it, and I will plant that vineyard, and I will provide for my family. She is a wise woman financially. She is economically savvy. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. This is a, this is a woman who, as you walk, she walks through the culture, she is not a, the world's victim. She's a strong woman who carries herself well. She is uh, just emotionally, you just see this picture. It says verse, uh, in verse 25, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. Like she has confidence Because she has strength and dignity as she walks through life. She is mentally strong. She's emotionally strong. She's going to care for the people around her. And she is physically strong. She's a strong woman. I think this is a beautiful picture of a woman. 
I married a beautiful, amazing woman who was much smarter than me. Men, take note. She's a veterinarian. Like, I could not get through veterinary school. She's a beautiful, strong woman. She is an intelligent woman. But not only that, she is caring. So she rides while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She opens her hands to the poor and needy, opens her hands. Um, she's not afraid of the snow for her household and for her household are clothed in scarlet. This is beautiful. She is a woman who is not only strong, she's also caring. You see this beautiful juxtaposition is that she is strong. She's able to, to stand on her own and, and, and work with, with men of buying fields and planting vineyards. You see a strength of wisdom there, but you also see that she is deeply caring. She provides for those people around her. She cares for them and makes sure that they have what they need. It is a beautiful picture of both. This woman sounds pretty perfect. She fears the Lord. She's hardworking. She's strong, and she's caring. And so it's like, man... This level is kind of like, oh, it kind of scares me. But as we read this, this is the idea. Not no one could do this perfectly. Jesus is the best Proverbs 31 woman that there is. But she gives us practical ways to live our life. And she is able to be like this because she fears the Lord. And she's able to persist in being productive in this fallen world. And God gave us his son. God gave us Jesus who lived perfect for 33 years. He lived, died, and rose for our sins. And as believers, if you are a believer in this room, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you who gives you strength and empowers you. She loves the Lord and is able to persist. We as women need to love the Lord because this world is hard. Like this world does not get really any easier if you become a believer. It is hard, but we are able to persist and be productive if we love the Lord. And when I was thinking of this, I was like, man, who's one woman that comes to mind? Because women, if not a woman who comes to mind in your friend group, that's the Proverbs 31 woman, we got to get you some great friends like Kevin talked about a couple weeks ago. And one woman that came to mind is Allison Ledette. She has my position at Anderson. And the main reason that I'm like, why does this woman describe the Proverbs 31 woman? It's because her life has been really hard. She's gone through some really hard things. And it's tough, but she has that proper view of God that allows her to get up in the morning when she's lost so many of her loved ones. She's able to comfort me during Christmas break when Christmas was really hard. She's able to fly back from Nashville, come and get me, take me to Houston for three days because she knew I was hurting and she was able to love and comfort me because she fears the Lord and has a proper view of him. So when I thought life was hard, she was able to say like, hey, Victoria, He has done so many good things. Who is he and what has he done for you? And so women, who are the Proverbs 31 women in your life? It's, we got to find them. We do. And I'll give you, uh, I'll give you two other examples. Um, One, uh, I'm just going to say that the table host women in this room um, are these quality of women. Okay. Um, One of the reasons I'm so thankful that they are here is because they are a model of what it looks like to be a woman who fears the Lord um, and loves her family and and, uh, provides a great picture of what it looks like to be a quality woman. So uh, lean in to those women. They're here for you. Second thing is this. uh, I think about, and you're like, okay, well, I'm not married. I'm single. I think Alice Lundet is a great example of that. Um, And I also think about a woman in my life. Um, When I was... um, a college student, there was a woman who was uh, one of the leaders of the college ministry. She was in her 40s. Her name was Cheryl Fletcher, had never been married. 
And she said, Kevin, uh, there was a moment when all of us went on this retreat, and uh, it was a mission trip to Mexico, and we all kind of shared a sermon moment. And I remember after, it was the first time that I ever preached, she walked up to me and said, Kevin, that was great. You're going to do this the rest of your life. And I'll tell you what, those words from that woman deeply impacted me and were deeply encouraging to me. Ladies, the power of your words to men are life-giving. You can call men to be greater than who they are with the right spoken word. I tell you what, I, we've all been benefit, benefited, beneficiaries of women who have been this type of woman. So I'm going to ask a couple questions in, that, uh, in closing as we go. So women, the first thing we need to focus on is our relationship with the Lord. Are you cultivating your relationship with God? Are you spending time in his word that you're able to be like, I know who God is and what he says about me. Hmm. That is number one. Proverbs 31 can't happen if you don't have a, have a relationship with the Lord. You will be tempted to be seductive and destructive to seek that love. Yeah. But it comes from the Lord. Right. Second, am I growing to be this type of woman by being hardworking, strong, and caring? Hard? It's hard work to be hardworking. Like, that's, that's hard. And so do you have community around you? Men and women, do you have a community around you that's going to say, hey, are you spending time in the word? Who is God today? What has he done for you? If you don't, I really want to challenge you to come to Growth Track. We have that today. If you want to know, man, how do I get community? How can I serve in the local church? How can I be around people who love and push me to be hardworking, to be strong, and to be caring when life is hard? And if you're not in a Bible study, I challenge you to join one of our college grace groups because they want to connect, grow, and engage in the Lord so we can persist in being productive in this fallen world. That's right. And men, I want to challenge you. As you're considering someone to to date and potentially marry, um, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the character of her heart? Are you looking at the exterior and praying to God, I hope she has character? (laughs) Are you actually looking at the character of her heart? And are you affirming that in the women you interact with? And secondly, are you growing personally to become the type of man that can be honored along this type of woman? Um, Her husband is actually very honorable. He is honored at the gate because of the quality of this woman. I'll tell you what, if you want a Proverbs 31 woman, men, you need to be a Proverbs 31 man. So are you growing to become... Lord, thank you so much for Victoria and her wisdom um, and sharing a a woman's perspective on what it looks like to be um, the type of woman you've called women to be. And Lord, I pray for each woman here that you would help them to not uh, feel defeated, but actually encouraged. Um, You are desperately needed, women, to be quality women so that our families um, can be cared for, so that young men can be encouraged, um, so that the Lord will be honored with your life. And Lord, men, I pray that we would be men that would encourage women. We would affirm that when they are strong, when they are smart, when they fear the Lord, we would say, that is a, those are beautiful qualities in a woman. So Lord, I thank you so much for your word. And I pray that we can grow more and more to be the men and women you've called us to be. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.
Table hosts, you can head on out. The rest of us stand as we uh, close in worship.